Hey friends, I'm Becky Davidson. Welcome to the Rising Above Ministries podcast, where we share stories of hope, inspiration, and encouragement from special needs families from around the world. Here at Rising Above, we are big believers in the power and the importance of being in community with others. But we also get and understand that in the disability world, it can be challenging for parents to be able to meet in person. So that is why we host virtual community groups that meet all throughout the week on different days and at different times. And we would love for you to go check out our groups to see if there might be a group that meets at a day and a time that would work for you. And you can find out all of the information about our groups on our app and on our website. So take a minute, go check that out and see if there's a time that might work for you. Now, my guest today is Rebecca Suarez, and Rebecca is an adoptive single mom to her 14-year-old daughter who has special needs. She's also a high school Spanish teacher, and she loves to spend time with her daughter. She loves to sing and read, and she loves working out in her flower beds. And in this episode, she shares her adoption journey and about her life with her sweet daughter. So here's the conversation that I had with Rebecca Suarez. Hey, Rebecca, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. I am so excited to get to have this conversation with you. So thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. You know, we met, goodness, has it been maybe a year and a half, two years ago through one of our online community groups. Is that right? Yes. Yes, it was. That's exactly right. And you had heard about us because I think through Deanna, who is on the team here at Rising Above, it was, and she, um, she and I knew each other from um, a long time ago. I got to, I had the privilege of teaching her and her siblings in high school, and um, and she um, came on staff with you all. And um, she thought of me and our and my sweet girl, um, and um, sent me an invite, and I joined. And um, I'm so so glad that I did. Well, we are glad you found us and uh, that you've been part of the Rising Above family for the last little bit. And I know you live in Birmingham and you're a teacher, obviously, because Deanna was one of your students. So tell us a little bit about you and your daughter, where you live, what you do, all those things. Um, I am. I'm from Birmingham, Alabama, and I am a Spanish teacher um, in um, for high school students um, in um, the Birmingham um, metro area. and. Um, it's, I, I've been teaching for 24 years. Wow. <laughs> it's been a very, uh, it seems um, like it's gone so much faster than I imagined. Uh, you know, I thought, well, sure, I'll teach for 24, 25 years, but now all of a sudden it's here. It's here. And, uh, right. Yeah. So, um, but it's been such a pleasure and I, it's been, um, it's not always easy. Mm. The last couple of years have been really challenging. Yeah. Um, but, um, but it's such a gift and, um, it's a, a very, um, amazing way to, um, be able to work in students' lives and to, um, to talk with them and reach out to them. Yeah. Um, and so that's been really, um, a blessing and my sweet girl, I adopted her, um, from Peru in 2011. Um, it was about a two and a half year, uh, process to get her. But um, the Lord um, ordained before either one of us were mm-hmm. born, which is just amazing to me, yeah. um, the entire process. And um, so she is now 14 
And when I adopted her, uh, she used a special needs adoption. I knew that she would have special needs. Okay, I was going to ask you that. So you knew ahead of time that she had special needs. Yes, um, the extent of her special needs and what exactly they were um, was was a little in question. Um, yeah, but um, but the uh, overall um, diagnosis that um, she came with um, was pretty accurate. So um, that was a blessing. Um, sometimes you don't always right. hear <laughs> don't know. that happening. You right. find out that there's more, but. Um, God was so faithful and um, we did, you know, have to investigate if there were more things um, and there were some genetic um, issues and that sort of thing. But, um, but God has been so faithful and she um, has just grown and come such a long way. So it's, um, she's really, she's neat. Uh. (laughs) She's fun. Um, And she, is a teacher's kid and it shows. <laughs> ah, there you go. Well, now I know you you adopted her. You are a single mom and you adopted her as a single mom. And yes. so share a little bit about whatever you want to share about that journey to actually bringing Liliana into your home. Well, so um, that was another um, really neat God story. There are all kinds of God stories around we, this. We love God stories, so... <laughs> It was, um, it was very evident from the beginning that, um, that this is what God was calling me to do. Um, and sometimes I tell this story and I wonder what people think, but, um, I was, um, at church and singing in the choir and, um, there was a single mom, um, who came up, um, they were doing parent, um, child dedication. And there was another single mom um, who I didn't really know at the time. I was fairly new to the church. And she came up and was dedicating her little girl that she adopted from Guatemala. Mm -hmm. And um, I had always kind of thought I would, you know, be interested in something like that. But she came up and she um, was dedicating and kind of giving her testimony a little bit about her her journey and her process to get her little girl. And, um, I very audibly heard God say, you can do this. Mm. And it was so audible that I turned to the person next to me and I said, what did you say? (laughs) And the person next to me said, I didn't say anything. (laughs) And I was like, "Are, are you sure? Um, and so it was one of those that I, I, was like, I, I've never heard anything that clear mm. um, before. And so um, it began a couple of year um, journey of praying through it um, and getting some finances in order and that sort of thing. Um, and then in 2000, um, goodness, 2008, um, I finally said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm just, uh, for my 35th birthday, I took the um, deposit to the um, adoption agency for my application. So um, I said, this is, this is what I'm going to do. And um, that kind of um, started the process. And from there, you know, you go through the home study process and um, Peru um, is I knew I wanted a Spanish speaking country, um, because I felt very strongly mm-hmm. in keeping, um, the language as much as I could, um, for being able to communicate when I'm in the country, um, being able to connect with my child. Um, I just felt very strongly that language, 
um, and heart language is um, very vital to connection mm-hmm. and bonding. And so um, I wanted a Spanish-speaking country. And I had originally um, thought about Guatemala. Um, it was actually my original country of choice. Um, I had taught there for a summer and, um, and did like an internship there during the summer um, a while before that yeah. <laughs> when I was in graduate school. And um, the children there just had my heart. And so I, I really thought that's where I was going to go. Um, and literally about two weeks after I put in my application, they closed um, adoptions to uh, Guatemala. Wow. <laughs> and I said, okay, so what other Spanish-speaking countries are you going to? <laughs> so um, Peru was the other choice and um, was clearly, again, God leading me to um, to the child that I was supposed to have. And um, so... Two and a half years um, <laughs> later, I was able to get her. It was a, it was a challenging process. Mm. Um, Latin American countries, um, because of their culture and their beliefs, want um, their children to be adopted to two-parent homes. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not, not closed to the idea, but it's a little bit more challenging. Right. So um, it took a little bit longer. It took a lot of advocacy from the adoption agency. Um, side of it to um, to reach out and to advocate for me. And um, the international program director um, happened to be in my Sunday school class. So ah, um, it was really neat that, um, that we were able to have that connection mm-hmm. um, and for him to say to the people in Peru, uh, to the adoption authority there, this is, you know, a strong person. She can, you know, she can yeah. do this. Um, so finally, um, after lots of time, um, I was, um, and lots of prayer and, um, seeking, um, God in which child I should have. Um, that's, that's an, that's another process (laughs) in and of itself. But, um, through, after that, I put in an application, uh, or a request for, um, cause for Peru, you have to request the child. So, Um, you view their file, their information on this side and request, um, and then the adoption authority approves or denies you for that particular child. And um, so I put in my request and um, it was one of the things in my life that I've had to completely leave in God's hands and say, Lord, not my will, but yours. Right. Um, and so um, it, it turned out that it was his. <laughs> wow. So uh, that was really exciting. The country, or the um, U.S. government shut down um, three weeks before I was supposed to travel. Oh, goodness. <laughs> they shut down their governmental, uh, you know, um, operations for a little while, um, but they finally came back up. So I traveled probably about a month later than, um, than yeah, I was scheduled to. But yeah. again, yeah, God kept working. Um, it was a huge test of faith. And, and, um, Matthew 17, 20 became my life verse (laughs) that if you have faith as small as a mustard Mm -hmm. seed, because there were a lot of times that it was just, uh, I was like, Lord, that mustard seed size is all I got, you know? Um, and so, um, anyway, but I finally got to go. The beautiful part of this story is, um, when I actually got to the orphanage to get her, um, she, um, they worked with her a good bit before I came. 
to prepare her. Um, I was able to do a couple of videos. Um, she liked music, um, but she was basically nonverbal. And um, she um, was very um, just to herself, kind of locked into herself. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so when I was getting ready to travel um, in Lima, when I met with the adoption authority, um, they they laid it on heavy. <laughs> they were like, we will, you know, we're not sure that this is going to work. Um, we're not, um, you know, you need to know this, this might not work. Mm. And um, I found out later on, I was kind of like, okay, well, do you have this conversation with everybody? Right. Um, because you're not really encouraging me right, right now. Um, but later on, I found out that she had uh, another family had, um, had tried to adopt her and um, they had to, they said no because she did not, she wouldn't look at them. She wouldn't connect with them, nothing. And so um, that was another, in my opinion, God way of saying, that's not who she's supposed to be with. Yeah. Um, I've already picked out who she's supposed to be with, you know? Um, so I went to her orphanage, um, which was in Cusco. And um, it's a day flight <laughs> um, from Lima. And um, so I got to Cusco and um, they decided that rather than bringing the child to me, it would be better for me to go to her. Okay. Um, and while she was playing with her little group of kids. And so um, I just went and sat in the playroom and I was like, this is the best thing ever because this I can do. I was all kinds of nervous about them bringing the child to me, but I can go play. And um, so I was there and they um, brought her in and her little group of friends. And um, she, um, she began to notice me and she looked at me like, I know you, right. you know, how do I know you? And, um, and, you know, she, she didn't make a lot of eye contact, but she, you know, would kind of glance over at me, you know? So after a little bit of time, um, she began noticing me more and more. And when her caregiver said, um, this is mama. And, um, and she looked at me and she was like, oh, mama. Mm -hmm. And she began getting, you know, like, really kind of warming up to me. And it was a true miracle of God um, because she began making eye contact with me. Um, she began, she wanted to sit with me. Um, she would, she kept saying, Akia sta mama. That means here's mama. Um, and um, sorry. <laughs> um, every time I tell the story, yeah. I get all teary eyed. But anyway, yeah. um, the, uh, she began, it was kind of a snack time. Um, she let me feed her and, um, they had said previously that she would not let anybody near her. Mm. She would not let anybody feed her other than the caregivers, you know, right there, um, that had been working with her every day and, um, that they, they were taking video and I could hear them in the background. <laughs> they were taking video and they were like, we can't believe this. She's talking. They sent the video to the adoption authority in Lima and said, you have to see this. Wow. And, um, and so it was just this God thing um, that 
you know, and I had prayed for years, you know, that God would um, give whatever child I was supposed to have resiliency Mm -hmm. and um, that we would connect and bond. And so um, it was just played out right there in the orphanage playroom. (laughs) That is so beautiful. So Liliana is a young teen right now. And so tell us about her today. What, what are, what's her disability? What is she, what does she like to do? Let us know a little bit about her and her life. Yes. Um, so she, um, she's 14. Her, um, official diagnosis is autism. Um, and, um, when I got her, it was pervasive developmental disorder. So she, um, they did when I had her tested here, um, they did test her on the autism spectrum. Um, we tested before there were levels of autism. Mm -hmm. So I have no idea (laughs) level. Um, right. Um, but she is, um, she also has some intellectual disability. So, um, she has sensory processing disorder, um, auditory processing, um, issues, motor planning issues. Um, she's, globally developmentally delayed. Um, and, um, she's, when I got her at three, she was basically like an infant. Um, but she was able to kind of move around a little bit and, um, but you know, um, she was pretty much in an infancy stage and she's maintained that minimum of three years, um, ever since I got her. Um, but she, um, is in school. Um, she's in a special needs program at her school. Um, but she is completely verbal. Wow. That's amazing. Um, we, my mom teases that, um, we have done enough speech therapy. (laughs) Um, but she, um, she is very, she's very expressive, Mm -hmm. um, which is a gift. Um, and, in many ways. And in, sometimes I have to remind myself that it's a gift yeah. because now she's talking all the time. Um, right. <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, she does talk from the minute she gets up um, until the minute she goes to bed. Um, and so she has lots to say. Um, she struggles, you know, with um, the academic side of school, um, but in her, with her IEP and that, that sort of thing, she does really well. Um, she's very smart um, in lots of ways. Um, it's the processing things that really kind of um, kind of is where she struggles. Yeah. But even in that, God was so faithful. Um, it was probably March or April of 2020. Um, and God had been, you know, working in her heart. I could tell she would ask questions, you know, and that sort of thing. And I would tell her, when you're ready, you know, um, we, mama will pray with you or we'll go and talk to the pastor, um, whatever, you know. So um, she finally told me one day, she said, I'm ready to ask Jesus into my heart. And I said, well, okay. And so we did, we prayed. Um, and so I got to lead my child to Jesus. <laughs> um, and so um, then, you know, became the question of baptism, you know, and that sort of thing. And after several months, um, you know, we talked to the pastor and he said, well, do you think she really understands, you know, what she's done? And I said, well, 
I think you should talk to her. Mm. (laughs) And um, she, you know, she told him, she said, I believe that Jesus died on the cross to save me from my sins. And that um, three days later, he rose from the dead and he is alive with us today. Um, And um, so we talked about baptism and I said, you know, I don't know, you know, what she'll want to do. Um, And the pastor and I talked and he said, well, you know, we can go to the YMCA, you know, they work with the YMCA and just do our small family, you know, time um, in the pool there, or we can, you know, whatever. So when she met with him, um, she said, no, I want to be baptized up there. Um, (laughs) And so she wanted to be baptized in front of the entire church. Um, And um, I was, she doesn't swim. (laughs) So I was a little worried about water. Um, And um, we got up there and there's this beautiful, there's this beautiful stained glass window of Jesus above the baptistry. And um, so we get up to the baptistry and, you know, it's up high and all that sort of thing. And she, um, you know, I said, well, are you sure about this? She said, mama, Jesus is right there. I can do this. And I was like, wow. (laughs) Okay, fine. (laughs) So we did, we did baptism um, in front of the entire church on a Sunday morning, um, which was just such a beautiful, beautiful day. And just God's faithfulness just over and over and over again um, in a time that, you know, is very difficult for the world, but it was a difficult time for us as a family too. So um, it was really just an, a neat, neat blessing. And she talks about Jesus. She wants to share Jesus with everybody. Um, she, <laughs> uh, we talk about, you know, sometimes um, praying in school or um, talking about Jesus at school and that there are struggles with that. And I said, well, not with my child. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she takes Jesus to school with her every day. Yeah. Um, in art, she draws pictures of Jesus. She, um, you know, she talks about him. She will pray for other kids when they're having a hard time. Um, and it's just, it's just really neat to see her. Um, she gets up. Um, we have, joined a, um, it's called Capernaum through, um, Young Life. Life, And it's a, um, yeah, it's a Bible study that they do for special needs kids. And, um, she will get up and she will, she will talk, um, in front of everybody. And she tells me, mama, I'm going to be a preacher one day. (laughs) (laughs) And so she does, she, she does. She certainly does. And, um, it's so, um, neat to see that mission um, and to get to be a part of that. Yeah. Um, I would love to say that that's all because of me, but it is not because of me at all. Uh, um, it It is purely God, you know, working in that because I mess up daily. Just ask her. She'll tell you. She'll, she'll point it out. She's very verbal. She'll point it out to you and let you know. Yeah. So you and I are both solo parents, meaning we're not co-parenting with a spouse or with an ex-spouse, um, we we're doing it on our own, and you know, you we both work full time. We both don't have family close by who help us out. And so, for you, what has been one of the biggest struggles that you have faced as a solo parent as you're raising your daughter with special needs? I think well, there are quite a few, um, but I think the biggest struggle is. Um, finding time to spend time with God, to, um, to kind of 
make this space that um, is is good for me. I feel like I've lost a little bit of me mm. um, and who I was in this journey. Um, and I'm just now coming to that realization, um, like literally in the last couple of months. Um, and um, I do, I actually work two jobs. <laughs> I teach all day and then I teach an online class at night. Wow. Um, it's asynchronous. So um, the students are, are high school students across the state. And um, it, it's a lot. And she goes to therapy um, twice, sometimes three times a week um, after school. And um, it's just, it's a significant amount. Um, I think the hardest part has been, like I said, maintaining um, maintaining my Jesus, right, right. <laughs> you know, like, um, and keeping up and being able to, um, to be in community. Mm-hmm. Um, being in community is helpful and it's so important, but it's also more that I have to give on my side, you know, because when you're in community, you can't just take, right, right. <laughs> you know, you have to be able to take and give. And sometimes finding anything else to give is very daunting and challenging. Um, and I think that the fight, um, the fight for services um, mm-hmm. all around yeah. um, has been the biggest challenge. Um, the, her school, she's in my school system, um, which has been amazing um, with her. And I've not really had to ask for anything um, they've recommended most things um, for her um, in the IEP meetings and that sort of thing. So that's not a fight that I've really had to battle. Um, but with insurance company, you know, with the insurance company, with um, finding resources, um, I paid for her um, in our state um, occupational therapy and speech therapy were not um, covered by insurance. Some speech therapy was occupational therapy was not covered by my insurance for um, at least um, seven or eight years of the time that she's done occupational therapy. Um, So it was a hundred dollars a week. Mm. um, And it was like having a second mortgage, you know, just to pay for her, her occupational, uh, you know, her therapies. And so um, those fights, those fights for resources, thankfully, um, our legislature um, put a law into place that um, certain insurance companies, which thankfully is mine, <laughs> has to, uh, they have to cover um, occupational therapy as well. So that has, that has helped. Um, but it's a constant battle with the insurance company. They want to find all the loopholes they can right. um, to not have to pay for that. And so um, that's, that's been probably the biggest fight. Uh, I am blessed that being in a larger city, um, I, I do have lots of resources um, at my disposal. Um, but the biggest struggle and resource that, um, that we've had a hard time with is finding a church home mm. and um, a, home, a church home that um, is good for her and good for me. And it, but it sounds like you found a place now. Yeah. We have, and um, it is, it's been phenomenal. Um, we, it took me way too long to find it, not on their part, just on mine. Um, and um, it's been amazing. Uh, my test for her has always been, 
is it something you want to do again? And if she says yes, then it was a good experience. If she says, eh, or no, then we know, you know? Um, and so the first Sunday that we visited, um, she um, was able to tell me um, everything that they talked about. Um, she was able to, um, she came home and, you know, wanted to make a craft with the, you know, with what they talked about, um, the Bible story that they talked about. Um, she um, loves to come. The first day I asked her, I said, do you want to do this again? Oh, yes, mama. I want to come back. I want to come back. Um, and before it had been a fight to get her dressed to go to church. Mm-hmm. Um, it had, you know, um, so it was very, very clear the very first time we visited that this was a great place for her. Um, and she has, I told them, you know, when I um, t- talked to the director, I said, I want a place for her to live out loud. Um, I want her to be able to thrive. And um, a couple weeks ago, we they were talking about Moses and the burning bush. And she said, Mama, I have to make a burning bush. Oh, goodness. <laughs> and I said, well, what do you mean? And so she said, I have to make a burning bush. And um, so we take our dog for a walk. And um, she found sticks and leaves. And we talked about how we can paint those leaves red and orange and yellow to look like they're on fire. And um, they're big old magnolia leaves, you know. Oh, goodness. And so um, she created her version of the burning bush. And, um, and she brought it to church. And, um, and it was so wonderful because she brought it to church and she said, Mama, I got to be the burning bush today. <laughs> and so, and talk, you know, like they were acting it out. And so she said, I got to talk, you know, from like I was the burning bush, you know, of God talking in the burning bush and um, to Moses. And so um, she has just, it's been amazing. And we are currently in BBS right now. And um, I am helping out um, in the ministry a bit this week. And um, there are 93 special needs kids here um, for Vacation Bible School. That's so great. Say kids. It's kids up to adults. And um, it's phenomenal. And I'm so excited that um, we get to find it, uh, that we got to find it and um, that we are here. And even to do this podcast, they um, went out of their way to find a room for me so that I could be close to her. Um, still and not have to travel somewhere else to um, to be able to do the podcast. That's so great. And, you know, we love it when people come alongside, love our families, love our kids. And, you know, I think so often um, family and friends, they don't know how to come alongside and help us. And so what are some things that you've seen on your journey where your family and your friends have really come alongside you as a solo parent, raising your daughter that have been such a practical help to you as you've raised your daughter? Practically speaking, (laughs) um, I would say just being willing to listen to me. Mm. You know, occasionally I just need to vent. Um, I'm, I'm one, I, I, I tend to let go of things pretty easily. Um, if I can vent, (laughs) right? you know, um, but there are challenges um, every day and um, just being able to talk to um, my friends, my, my close, I have, you know, a, a close knit group of friends um, and some of them have ch- children with special needs um, in different um, ways. And um, 
some of them have adopted children and adopted children come with their own special needs, mm-hmm. um, even if they are neurotypical um, in other ways. But um, so it's been, that's been kind of um, a neat blessing. Um, I will say sometimes it's a very lonely um, yeah. walk yeah. because um, oftentimes I think, well, I don't want to put this on someone else. Um, and I have a hard time asking for help. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's hard to ask for help. I worry a lot about, um, you know, what if she behaves badly for them, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, or something like that, you know. Um, and so um, the um, that's been the biggest help. Um, friends that pray for me, um, even when I don't know it. Yeah. Um, that has been um, an enormous um, help. And, um, you know, I have some friends who, are, who will say, hey, um, let me just take her for a little while. Mm-hmm. You know, um, let me just give you a few minutes. Um, my friends that I work with, um, they are phenomenal in, in that sense. Um, usually, sometimes she'll come to work with me at the end of the day um, and she's tired and grumpy <laughs> and, um, she takes her tired and grumpy out on mom. Right. Um, she keeps her everything together, um, during the day, but you know, once she hits home, it's, um, it's all in the open, mm-hmm. you know, um, and all of her frustrations come out, uh, and that sort of thing. And sometimes they'll be like, Hey, why don't you come down to my room for a few minutes and just give me a minute to finish up what I'm doing, mm-hmm. you know, and that sort of thing. So, um, those things are, are the biggest help. Um, my mom, um, when she's able to come and we're able to go see her, that's a huge respite, um, because she, um, she was there when I adopted Liliana. So, um, she has, Liliana struggles with trust, um, and trusting new people. Um, and so that's kind of nice because I don't have to worry as much, (laughs) you know, um, and it gives a little bit of support, um, sometimes, um, because she is very verbal, um, and there isn't that, um, that other parent saying, no, you will do this or no, you won't talk to mom that way. You know, that kind of thing. It's just mom. (laughs) And so, um, it makes it, it makes it challenging, but having, um, you know, like my mom is able to kind of be that co-parent for a little while, right, you know, you're there with her. Um, to kind of step into that role. And, and that helps a lot. That is so great. And I'm so glad you've got the support of your mom. And it sounds like you have some amazing friends. And yes, it is the year of restoration at Rising Above. And we're looking at ways that we can allow God to bring restoration into our life. And I know you've already mentioned that church, your new church has been very restorative to you. But is there anything else? that you're personally doing right now that is allowing God to bring restoration into your life? Um, one, of, a couple of things, um, but um, one that I'm not quite back to yet, but I hope to be, um, is singing. Um, I've always been in music um, and I've always um, played an instrument. I, I don't play anymore, but um, I, you know, switched to um, vocal in college and um, I really love to sing. And um that's been a challenge with my girl, um, with her sensory processing, um, issues. Um, she doesn't like for me to sing. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's been very hard. Um, but she doesn't like for me to, um, play music, um, 
and we've had some <laughs> some really difficult times over um, playing my <laughs> Christian music. And um, and I'm like, but sweet girl, you love Jesus. I don't understand. Mm. And so a pair of earbuds and AirPods <laughs> um, have become, you know, such a, a, a respite for me because I can just turn on the music and just listen for a little while and she doesn't have to hear it, <laughs> you know, but I can still hear it. So that's been really good. Um, and gardening. Um, yeah. I have yeah. lived in my house for seven years and I finally said, you know what, I am going to redo my flower beds. Um, and I didn't know I would enjoy this. Um, cause I don't really enjoy hard labor, <laughs> um, but, um, getting out there, um, once a week or twice a week and, you know, just deadheading the flowers, um, just spending some time out there, um, nurturing the plants that I hope I can keep alive. Um, that has been such a blessing for me. Um, and, um, sometimes it's hard to, it's been hard to, um, be away from her. Um, you know, and, but I'm just right outside the front door. She's old enough now that most of the time, you know, she can, I can hear her. Um, and, um, and she can open the door and say, Hey mom, you know, (laughs) um, she's at that point where she can, you know, she can do that. And, um, and so it's been so nice just to step outside and, um, put in my ear, you know, my earbuds and (laughs) and just listen for a little while. That's so great. I've, I've enjoyed gardening this year as well myself, which is, we'll see what actually grows and what comes out of my garden. We'll see. So if anything actually grows, we, we will see. If I actually get vegetables from the, the little garden that I have created this year, we, we will see. But Rebecca, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate um, you taking the time to have this conversation and sharing part of your story. And I'm, I'm glad you're part of the Rising Above family. So thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much. And thank you for your ministry, because in a time when um, I couldn't go to Bible study and I couldn't do that, uh, you know, do other things out and about, Rising Above was there for me. So um, being able to reach out virtually yeah. <laughs> um, is such a gift. And I am so thankful that um, Deanna uh, directed me to Rising Above and that I've been able to participate with you all. So thank you. Well, we are grateful. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to the Rising Above Ministries podcast. If you like what you hear, please take a minute to leave us a rating and review. This helps others like you find our content more easily. You can learn more about how Rising Above Ministries is encouraging the special needs community by checking out our website at risingaboveministries.org or by finding us on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to connecting with you.